Shut up, Leonard. I'm Matt. I'm Andrew. I accidentally ripped this page, and that's why the intro is off today, but we like community. We do. Um, who? What's this episode? This episode is the ninth episode of the fifth season. Number nine? Number nine? <laughs> Good. It's called BCR Maintenance and Educational Publishing. Yup. Uh, let's thank Alex Machina of Slackery.com. S-L-A-C-K-T. O-R-Y dot com. Was that a song from The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time? I feel like it was. Um, I feel like you were doing like the a Winnie, Winnie the Pooh thing. Okay, I didn't know there was a song associated with Winnie the Pooh. I don't, I've never heard that in my life. That's what you just did. I don't think so. Review the tape. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, who wrote this episode? Donald Diego, believe who it or not. Who wrote this great episode is what I should have said, because this yeah. was an amazing episode. Yeah. This season, yeah. it just it's yeah. getting better and better. It's it's insane. Yeah. Uh, I'm mm, mm, I'm so excited. Just great use of of guest stars. I want to talk about that. I, I guess we'll talk about this now because this is a kind of upfront thing. Sure, sure. About the whole episode, there's two guest stars here: Spencer Crittenden, three, sir. Well, two that I'm talking about right now. Okay. Uh, uh, you know what? Let's I'll, I'll include Paul Williams actually because I think he is also relevant to this point. I didn't think he was, but now that I think about it, I believe he is. Okay. Uh, Paul Williams, Spencer Crittenden, who we all know and love from Harmontown. You know, uh, fans of our show know that we are fans of Harmontown. Mm-hmm. And uh, Vince Gilligan, who was the creator of Breaking Bad, not an actor usually. And what I like about this is it's 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 unconventional casting yeah. that I think really works. Uh, uh, the, you know the the Dan Harmon and the other people involved with the casting process of the show. I like are are kind of seeing things where other people wouldn't even necessarily think to look. They're yeah. not they're not just considering actors. You know they have this role of the of the cowboy on the the VCR game, and then you know you can imagine that someone saw you know Vince Gilligan on a talk show and was like, wait a minute, this 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 that piece fits there. Right? Do you, do you think they literally heard his voice and said, you know what, he sounds like a cowboy? And I think if they did, good on them because yeah. it works really I think he's really not, well. He's not putting on a voice. That's no. just yeah, that how is, he sounds. That's, that's Vince Gilligan's accent. We've heard him on interviews. He's from Virginia, I want to say. Probably. Uh, it's definitely somewhere in the south there. Uh, uh, and then with, with Spencer, do you think, like... But Spencer, here's the thing. I quite, I, I myself was small minded. And, and when Spencer was cast, I assume, oh, it's going to be D&D related, mm-hmm. which I mean, I guess you could argue that it kind of is with a board game going on, but I, I don't, I don't really think that's connected. Well, he wasn't into it. Exactly. Yeah. And that, and I think, uh, you know, Dan Harmon just, you know, at, at, you know, Spencer is his assistant. He's obviously seen Spencer a lot. He just thought, Hey, this, he would actually fit this character really well. Mm-hmm. And he does. It works fantastically. Yeah, so it's really, uh, well, I really I, I I applaud the unconventional but successful casting here. Yes, and Paul Williams. Yes, in like a which is more conventional because he he has acted. Yeah, but still, uh, it still works really really well. Yeah, um, fantastic, good stuff. All right, so overview. He is from Richmond, Virginia. Vince Gilligan. Just to confirm, just to close that thread. Good. Uh, overview of this episode. Mm-hmm. We have uh, two plot lines going on. Yeah. One involves Annie and Abed. Yeah. Uh, where uh, Abed wants Rachel to move in mm-hmm. since Troy moved out. Yeah. And Annie wants her brother Anthony. Yeah. Who is played by Spencer. Yeah. Uh, and the other that plot was the line longest involves... longest yawn I've ever done in my life. I don't know what happened. I got caught. I'm sorry. <laughs> the other plot line uh, involves Annie... Um, she is divvying up, you know, the, the chores Mm -hmm. for the Save Greendale, uh, committee. Yep. I'm sorry, there's a dog. I like also, this is, just to do a quick note that I I just thought of now, I didn't write it down. Um, this is the second, uh, episode in a row that has, has begun, like, 
mid-sentence with the Save Greendale committee, oh, yeah. uh, making a decision about uh, about something that needs to be done, and I, I really like it uh, both times. I think uh, they've done it uh, one time before those two, the last episode as well. Yeah, I, I, it's I, just I, like they open with a with a thing that the Greendale committee is doing. Yeah, and it opens with it's not it, it's not a whole discussion. They just end with like the last sentence of them reaching a decision, mm-hmm. which I, this is almost like a community's version of the chalkboard gags on The Simpsons. <laughs> I, I really like it. Uh, so Annie is divvying up uh, duties for the Save Greendale committee. Oh, you said duties. Uh, and, and Jeff, Hickey, and Shirley <laughs> all say that they'll help clear out a, uh, like a I didn't understand closet. this. I'm going to, I'm going to put this out there. What, what don't you understand? They, so she says we, someone needs to clear out this closet area. Or make space. Yeah. She says. And Jeff says, I'll do it. She always goes from the hardest thing to the easiest no, the thing. No, le- the easiest to the hardest is what he says. So how does... Because she just said, now on to chores. They were okay. making decisions, and then she's moving on to oh, the next. okay. So it's like so in general, he and said, then chores. I thought he was saying literally she'll do the very easiest thing and then right to the next hardest thing. And I'm like, well, how would he know that both of them, how would he know one was coming? But you're saying in gen- what he said was in general, she goes from easiest to hardest. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get it now. Yeah, and that's why she's mad. She says, do you think you'll guess my, my patterns? Yeah. What am I going to say next? Graham Cracker. Yeah. You didn't know that? Yeah. I like that a lot. I do like that a lot. Although it is similar to a joke in Iron Man 3 that I also liked. What was that joke? When Jarvis is malfunctioning, he's like, you know, I, I, my sentences are getting weird. Uh, I, I say the wrong word. You know, it starts out fine, and then I, I have trouble at the end of the cranberry. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff. Which I only even bring up because now, I think because I really like that joke in Iron Man 3, now anytime a joke like that happens, I expect cranberry to be the random <laughs> word. Anytime a random word needs to be summoned, I'm always, I go right to cranberry. Uh, so, Jeff, Shirley, and Hickey go to clean the, uh, make space, yep. and they discover something interesting. They, yes, they discover piles and piles of uh, textbooks. Where do you want to start? I don't actually well, just go the, down the line. Uh yeah, let's we both have a lot of notes. Yes. Um I I still have notes from that opening. Oh, I never Let's even talk about the whiteboard cuz you didn't show me the rest of the Ooh, thing. Jesus. Um you can just tell me what it says, right? Um kind of Okay. Give me a second. Um well so we, at the start of the episode we noticed that the whiteboard in the background said uh there was a cryptic message. It said clue, no fractions were used. Clue 2, pop pop. Um, and then throughout the rest of the episode, we kind of see more of the picture. Although uh, Andrew has seen a picture online that contains the complete whiteboard. Yeah, is so, this like a behind the scenes still you've seen or something? Because I didn't, no, I, this, I did the not. The image see that this. I've seen looks like the exact scene that where Hickey walks by, and you see more of the whiteboard. But somehow oh. this person's shot has more. Is there a secret version of more HD where your screen is also I bigger think on your the top TV and might bottom? Not be optimized. Hmm. That's what I'm going to say to you right now. Okay. Because this image that I'm seeing is exactly the image from the show, but just a little bit more. There's an equation. Okay. And it's a long equation. Okay. So let's, let's, I'll say what we figured, what we saw on my screen. Yeah. Uh, the, the most we ever saw was if you guessed 14, you're, you're wrong, wrong, incorrect, you're, you're wrong, play again, ask your friends with words to help, and then clue, no fractions were used, clue to pop, pop. What else? What did we miss? What else? Is so on there? above, let me go back to the image. Above that, so right above that is this is the question: What word am I? Yes. And then right above that, it says if, and then a. a oh, we did get some of this. I just didn't write it down because I ran out of space. Okay, above that, we didn't get all of this. At the very top, if, and then it has like a long equation with like, well, not long. It's there's four things, and then it says equals like it's a an algebraic equation where there's uh, variables. Huh. And it's all, it's, uh, it's fractions. Do you, no fractions were used though. Exactly. Do you have, so part. you don't have the answer? Uh, no, this is still really fresh. Okay. You send it to me. Okay. I'll try to figure out the answer. If not, I'm sure the internet will, and we'll get back to you, the okay. listener next week. Right? Uh, sure. Okay. Next note. Uh, this was a note actually about their, um, about the, the one sentence, uh, gag at the start of the episode where they have decided that the urinals in the ladies room will be used will house potted plants from now on which uh i i love that the that due to design flaw apparently or here's my question to you andrew yes design flaw or sexism that made sure that there were only men's restrooms at greendale um 
No, design flaw. Totally. Okay. This is like a Greendale, classic Greendale screw up. Yeah. The dean is, you know, planning everything. <laughs> He's a, so he makes one restroom layout for both, yeah. not thinking even about women's don't need urinals. Yeah. <laughs> and then women's. later on, later on, he, he, he somehow realized discovers, let's say. I know I take <laughs> I take John Goodman's uh, description of the dean, which is pansexual imp. I, I think he's seen some things. <laughs> um, you know, but that's interesting. Uh, it brings up uh, something that I keep forgetting to mention to you about my bathrooms at my school. Okay. Is this um, community related or are we just well, going just, off, just, off the rails? Uh, a little off the rails, but okay. just hold on. It's really good. Okay. Um, there are bathrooms at my school that are unisex. Okay. Like, or gender, gender free, they call it. I understood what unisex meant. <laughs> no, it's not unisex, though. It's gender free. Okay. Like, it's not like a one at a timer. It's, it's just like, come on in. So there's urinals and stalls. I haven't been inside one. There's only Are you a f- afraid? <laughs> What's going no, on? No, I haven't sought one out. Like, they have a... But you've seen them. I saw one at the... I went, I went into their gym mm-hmm. to check it out. What do you mean their gym? <laughs> the gym at my school. Okay. The, their gym. A lot of people would say our gym if it was your school. Well, I haven't used it yet, so okay. it's, I'm not claiming it yet. Okay. I want to use it, but it's scary. Okay, so. you don't have to pretend that you, you're going to work out. <laughs> I, I have this a gym is a safe, This is a safe space. <laughs> so when I went through there, I saw the door to the gender neutral. That's what it's actually called. Okay. The gender neutral bathroom. And I tried it and it was locked. Which That's ma- interesting. Yeah, very much confused me because I thought, well, I guess we're not in a free zone anymore. Yeah. Huh. And I just walked on. I you know I actually did have to use the restroom at that moment, and you know what I thought? Might as well. I would like for you to use this restroom and get back to me and tell there's, me what it's like on the inside. Yeah, there's at least like a dozen on campus in uh, all throughout, like yeah. in various buildings. So I'm gonna find one. Who? So, mm, we're getting way off the rails now. Yeah. Someone was talking recently on a podcast that the only reason you, as a man, would not want to shit in a bathroom that girls are also in Mm -hmm. is because you might want to have sex with them later and you don't want to see them shitting. So his, or them to hear you shitting. Uh, So this person's theory was that gay people, gay men should be allowed to go in the women's room and lesbians should be going around to the men's room. And uh, I don't know, I think that's a weird, vaguely homophobic idea uh, that some comedian on a podcast had and I don't remember who it was. You know, here's the thing. Uh, If I hear you shitting... I don't even want to be your friend after. That's interesting. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I was in, oh God, you know, I, I'm not a fan of public restrooms. We, okay. We, <laughs> we've gone way off the rails now. Well, here's what I'm going to say. Listen to duty calls because there's, there are two men named Doug Mann and Jack Dolgen that, uh, have, have really gone deep and explored these topics. And it actually is a really great podcast. So you Google duty calls with Doug Mann, it should, it should come up. Listen to that podcast for, for all kinds of this talk. And uh, just know that uh, I mostly agree. If you ever want, if you ever wonder what my opinions on shitting are, I mostly agree with them. Although Doug Mann has some wiping ideas that I do not agree with, but uh, Jack Dolgen is on my side, so that's that's just for the record. Okay. Uh, I, I also note- think this is a creative solution that they're putting potted plants in the urinals. I respect that. Oh I, yeah, I, I love the accomplishments the Save Greendale committee have made. Pretty great. Uh, Abed has a line here. Uh, where uh, Annie says, uh, "Oh, Abed says he wants to have Rachel over." <coughs> Annie says, oh, "I was ha- I was going to have my brother over." Yeah, and he says, "Perfect, it's a double date." Yeah, does Abed not know what a double date is? Because <laughs> a man and his girlfriend, and his friend and the friend's brother, is not a double date uh, in any book I think, that I've read. I think you're being very strict about the term double date. I've I've heard double date used just to mean any group of of two pairs. I'm, here's what I'm going to say to you. You go, oh, this works because you have a sister, but you go talk to any woman who has a brother yeah, and you ask if they were out with a couple and their brother, if they would call that a double date, they would make a face. Here's the thing. Say, ew. Here's what I'm going to say to you. Here's what I'm going to say to you. This is not a term that I would use, Uh but what I'm saying is I have heard people use double date just to me, just as a generic term. Just as four people out. Four people where specifically there's, it's two pairs. Or it'd be like two coworkers and a brother and sister, mm-hmm. or you know, 
uh, a, a mayor and his uh, a mayor of a city and his assistant and a, a, a cow herder and his uh, his hay supply man. Where there's it's two people where they 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 have connections to each other, but they are not all connected as a four. Okay, is what well, I'm saying. I'm still gonna say. And cl- I, clearly, me, I will say that Cypress College's improv class have failed me. Yeah, because look what kind of improv skills I had there. That was. Uh, uh, I just still think I. I think it works though that Abed says it because he's just sort of glossing over. Yeah. No, uh, I, I. I. I do like it that that it is kind of. Uh, it's a here's I'm I'm gonna say why I like it a lot mm-hmm. is that it is an awkward thing to do and it is something that I think happens in real life people using it that way. Okay. And uh, I think it works. That's something Abed would say. Do you, do you have another note besides the, the Dean's payday? No, my next note is about the Dean's rap. Yeah, let's talk about <laughs> So the Dean comes in that. dressed as a payday bar <laughs> to say that, that payday has been delayed because they need to get their money right. And he has a man there with a, a keyboard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he then does a freestyle rap, which again, this is, I think, definitely the Harmontown influence oh, uh, yes. being felt on community. Uh, but the good, the very good influence of Harmontown. <laughs> yes. Uh, freestyle rapping is something that Dan Harmon will do a lot on Harmontown, uh, and 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 uh, just in general, uh, getting uh, very political very fast is something Dan Harmon will do, <laughs> and those two are 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 blended in in a beautiful way <laughs> in the Dean's freestyle rap, which starts out about how um how how payday is going to be late, and then gets into a hardcore political uh, <laughs> commentary. And he's terrified by what happens. Yeah, at, at the end of he it. Becomes he becomes mortified. He yes. drops the mic in terror. He doesn't know what happened to him, what came over him. It just <laughs> happened. Uh, and it is a beautiful, beautiful moment. And I have a note here about uh, Gillian Jacobs. You can see she's, she starts to break at the very end. I, I don't agree with you, actually. Yes. I don't I, agree. It's one of those beautiful moments on television. I think it is an interesting reaction, and in that and that uh, you would think Britta would be very supportive of this uh, mm-hmm. of this type of rap. But I think I, I don't I don't think she broke. I think that was Britta's reaction. Okay. Um. Okay. So now my next note is about the the preparation for the double date. Um. Sure. Annie and Anthony are cutting carrots, which I think is interesting because I don't believe they eat carrots that night. Hmm, butter noodles. I would put carrots with butter noodles. That's that's me though. I'm like Abed, so <laughs> my favorite dish is butter noodles. You're a weirdo, you and Abed. Uh, but they they you but they don't is what I'm saying. Later on the scene, I didn't see any carrots. Yeah, on the I wasn't table. looking for carrots, so um, just interesting. Um, but I, I'm curious about this fridge door. So we had kind of this. I think this was our first like good close-up look at the fridge door mm-hmm. which is somehow they have merged a fridge door and the front of the vending machine from greendale well that's like a decal it looks like is it yeah it didn't look like a decal to me in this episode it when like they little... turn the fridge door around you can clearly see on the inside it's a regular fridge door i know that's what i'm saying it seems weird it's it looks like a, like it looks sticker. more real it's a good decal then yeah. is what i'm saying it's a very good decal okay um, i love that they so... explain uh the the fridge is still broken because the landlord is in jail. Yeah, and they don't have money to just get it fixed themselves. So if the landlord is in jail, who's collecting their rent? So whoever owns the building probably you is think? just directly collecting collecting it. Then why do you think the landlord is still the landlord if they're in jail? Should I? Can we talk about real life circumstances? Oh yes. Isn't your apartment building in a situation right now where you are just paying the owner of the building directly because yeah, they but the fired landlord's their... not in jail. They fired the rental company or whatever. Yeah. What I'm saying is sometimes the the landlord slash management company will be absent for a reason, and in your case, the reason is they are fired. In this case, the the reason is the landlord is in jail. I would think if the landlord is in jail, they're not the landlord anymore. Uh, That's I think that could be quick grounds for termination. Well, you know, obviously the owner of this building is a lot more forgiving than the owner of your building. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe he's a Greendale graduate, and he just has oh, that kind yeah. of attitude. <laughs> yeah, they live real close. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, okay, and while well, so they're cutting carrots, and then uh, Ovid pulls Annie aside to so they can have a conversation. Um, at which point, 
Uh, we're really going into the shit talk tonight. Uh, Anthony asks, is it cool if I poo? <laughs> <laughs> Which Annie instinctively says, answers, no, no keep, keep cutting, cutting carrots. the carrots. <laughs> what what I, I I like that that uh, Abed uh, knows social cues well enough on how to say, I don't think you heard that question. And he tells Anthony, yes, it is cool if you poop. I also like the phrasing here, is it cool if I poop? <laughs> Which, like, we know what he means. He means just, is it okay if I poop? But yeah. just as a, as a, a thought. That's an idea. Is it cool if I poop? Uh, very, very good stuff. I like what Annie says to Abed about his relationship with Rachel. She says, you can't microwave a relationship like a burrito. Yeah. I think that's that's good. Yeah. That's a good way to say it. Good advice to people out there. Mm-hmm. Um, my next note is about uh, the Jeff and Hickey and them. Yeah. So uh, they're, they're moving boxes around. Yeah. Do you have the note about what Jeff says? What? He says, how is this not a janitor's job? Oh, yeah. I, don't I thought that was interesting that. because of what happened a couple episodes ago. Well, I think we know how it's not a janitor's job and that bureaucracy, the bureaucracy at Greendale means <laughs> the janitors don't do anything. Could you try that word some more times? Bureaucracy. <laughs> I nailed it that time. That time, that last time I got it. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> but I like the first time. Bureaucracy. <laughs> bureaucracy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, and it's sort of interesting that they still haven't, uh, you know, quashed the the janitorial uprising. Yeah, that's still going. Yeah, still going strong. Um, and then uh, so Jeff's complaining, and Hickey says to him something that I found interesting. He says, "How is someone with how with all your muscles? How are you? What are your muscles for if not moving boxes?" Which I like that uh, Hickey has noticed that uh, I'm going to use a term here that I first discovered on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, Jeff has glamour muscles. He mm-hmm. works out all the time to work to look good. Yeah. But he doesn't actually want to use his muscles for anything, um, which I, I, I really like that uh, Hickey has noticed and kind of resents that, that Jeff is really uh, well muscled. And yet it's all just for show. Um, that is very much, I think, the thing that Hickey would object to. Yeah, and that that feels like a like just like in the last episode where Hickey was saying, "I fought in the war and I yeah. can't pick and choose." Yeah, that's like a thing. Like Hickey used to be a strong young man, and he was strong because he lifted boxes. Yes. not like I went to the gym and and glistened up my arms. Yeah. But yeah, it's <laughs> something that Hickey is personally attached to. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a real nice moment. Um, and then uh, uh, it's Shirley mentioned she's hot in there. Uh, she's hotter than a Catholic on Judgment Day. She says some Protestant humor. <laughs> And um, so Jeff goes to uh, adjust the air conditioning machine, which is a little a little uh, fake out for a minute because mm-hmm. we know who loves fixing air conditioning machines. Yeah, is Troy. And and uh, Shirley even says nothing good is in vents. Yeah, that's Chang. Chang used to live it's in vents with Annie's yeah. boobs. Yes, who is a monkey for those who, for some reason, only watch season five and don't know. You know what? Screw those people. <laughs> Where were you? No, because... When you, we needed here's you. The thing. Here, we can't say screw those people because we both specifically encouraged people to, if they hadn't watched Community before, to start with season five when it first started. Did we? If, you, if you'll listen to our repilot episode. You know what? I'm sorry, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't turn on them. Um, we need all the support we can get. <laughs> still no updates on Troy, by the way, since he was abducted by pirates. Oh, shit. You got me on pins and needles right now, just uh, r- making me remember that moment. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I uh, want more. I want to know. And he becomes kind of crucial in this episode, too, just the memory of him. Yeah, later that's true. On. That We're going to get to that. Um, so, what? Okay. <laughs> so, uh, they find the books inside this air conditioning vent. And uh, there's another, another, again, once again to revisit bathrooms. Uh, they say, why are there books in this vent? Uh, Jeff says, why is there hot sauce in the bathrooms? It's Greendale. <laughs> I would like to ask you, Andrew, why do you think there's hot sauce in the bathrooms at Greendale? Another mix-up. Just just a straight-up mix Now, do you think it's something like the soap dispensers have hot sauce in them instead of soap? Or do you think there are just bottles of hot sauce in the bathrooms? You know, uh, I imagine it like, you know how in some bathrooms, and this is this is a, a not ideal setup, where the um, the napkins don't come out of a dispenser, they're just like piled up in a thing? Yes. It's like that. <laughs> it's like there's just the thing where it should be napkins in a dispenser or whatever, paper towels, but it's hot sauce. Okay, let me ask Packets. you this. First, you don't like hot sauce. No, I'm, I'm gonna not, go. I'm, I'm gonna go a... right. I, I've never inquired about your opinion about hot sauce, <clears throat> but I know you. And I'm gonna say you don't like hot sauce. I have I had sriracha. Okay, I've, I bet I mix it with uh, other doesn't, things. Doesn't matter. Okay, well that's a hot sauce. I know, but just, I'm just saying, put yourself in in the position of a person who loves hot sauce. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, you there? Yeah. You can imagine you're that person. Mm-hmm. You walk into your college bathroom, and you see a, a pristine, sealed, so you know nothing's getting in there. It's a sealed bottle of hot sauce. Oh, bottle? Yeah. Ooh. Do you take that bottle of hot sauce? In the bathroom? Yeah. And it's sealed. It's sealed. It has, like, the factory seal. Yes. And you're a person who loves hot sauce. Is it like in a puddle? What? No. You know, okay. like yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. pools yeah. of water. It's here? no, it's not. I think yeah. You take the hot sauce. I think yeah. Okay, so here's what I'm gonna say. If it is just bottles or even packets that are just out, they're one. I mean, they're not gonna keep stocking it, obviously, because yeah, who? They are. Yes. <laughs> who at Green? Let me ask you individually: Who at Greendale is stocking that hot sauce, and why do they keep doing? Whoever it? cleans the bathrooms. <laughs> you know what? Actually, it's part yeah, of their routine. You know what? I could see Eddie Pepitone doing that. I could I could see crazy Schmidt, Eddie Pepitone's character, doing that. All right, you know my point reject, redacted. I was gonna say I could see the mix up the hot sauce getting there in the first place, but uh, my point was going to be that if even someone like you would would take the hot sauce from the bathroom in a school with uh with the, you know, the Starburns and the likes, there's no way that hot sauce is staying there. Someone's taking it home. But uh, I now do see your point. And I will agree that yeah, crazy Schmidt is probably refilling <laughs> the hot sauce. <laughs> Um, okay. Next note. Um, okay, so my next note is about that the dinner at uh, Annie and Abed's apartment. Yeah, I'm back at the apartment, too. <laughs> um, this is actually a note that would apply to previous episodes as well. Mm-hmm. I really like that uh, Abed eats his butter noodles with chopsticks, <laughs> and, and in this case, everyone does. Because <laughs> uh, it's, not, it's not an Asian dish, really, butter noodles. Nope. But uh, he eats it with chopsticks just to class it up a little bit, fancy it up a little bit, which I, uh, which I really enjoy. Um, now the, the, the divisive note. And I, you know what I'm saying I'm, right now? I have a note before that. Okay. Well, okay. Say your note first then. Um, when Annie says, oh, it's a, cause they're just trying to decide who Rachel or Anthony t- should move in, yes. but they haven't even asked yeah. Rachel or Anthony. So they're, they're just trying to work it out between the two of them without letting Rachel, without letting know. either of them know. Um, so they go into, uh, is that Annie's room? Uh, yes. Yeah. And they go. Yes. In, because. Wait, okay. So let's look at the rooms here. Okay. There was, Annie had her own room, Mm -hmm. and that was the only bedroom. Wait. Wait, Well, there's the dreamatorium. Okay, so there was Annie's room and the dreamatorium. Mm -hmm. The dreamatorium became... Troy's room. Yes. No. Well, well, no, here's what happened. Originally, there was, Troy and Iba were sharing a room, and there was the dreamatorium. Yeah? Yes. Okay. I can confirm. Oh, when Annie moved in, they moved out of that room and into the living room. They curtained off yes. part of the living room. To preserve the geomotorium. Yeah. They had originally suggested that would be Annie's room, but she obviously wasn't into that. Mm-hmm. Then when Britta, I still maintain that Britta moved in at the end of season three and then forgot that she had moved in because of the gas leak. Yeah. Uh, so in my continuity, in my canon, when Britta moves in, the geomotorium becomes Troy and Britta's room. Okay. Neither of them live there now. Mm-hmm. So first of all, I'm going to think, do you think Abed moved into that room, or do you think he reestablished the dreamatorium? Well, do you want to talk about the dreamatorium covers now? I don't think that. I think that's just the pattern on the couch. Oh, my goodness. But it was so purposeful. Right. I've never seen that pattern on the couch before. Fine. I feel like I even have. Maybe, maybe I'm just injecting it into my, my own yeah, memories. Yeah, you are. But it's not the right color scheme for the dreamatorium. I, I think for those who don't know what we're talking color. about, uh, Andrew is saying that the pattern on the couch... It's not, And it's not the couch, though. It's like a cover on top of the couch and then two pillows on the couch. What do the pillows have, look like? I didn't notice the pillows. They have the, the same pattern as that cover. Mm, okay, maybe. So are you, are you suggesting that the couch is now the dreamatorium? I'm suggesting that they took... It was a... It was a remember at the end of season three. It, it was, was like a closet a cloth, space, yeah. closet space. Yeah. Annie took that and turned it into uh, a couch cover, a couch cover, and a pillow covers. Okay, so if you're suggesting that it's literally the same thing, then you're out of your goddamn mind because it's a different color, Andrew. Shrug. And you know what? You of all people should know because the lines on the dreamatorium were orange, and we all know how gay you are for orange. <laughs> okay, I take offense to that. <laughs> I'm straight for orange. <laughs> Okay, now I'm going to say that you're homophobic. What's wrong with being gay for Orange? Well, who said Orange is a dude? <laughs> I'm fighting Nucky right now. I'm sorry. Nucky's my dog, for those not in the know. Uh, quickly Nucky tr- keeps getting on do, my do, lap, right in between me and the microphone. 
He needs to be heard. He's got some opinions on this. He agrees he with me. At me. He agrees with me. He doesn't think that's the dreamatorium. Um. Anyway, do you th- do you think now that Troy has moved out? Do you think Abed has reestablished the dreamatorium, or or do you think he has moved into that room? Uh, was he the one still living in the living room then? Well, here's and what he I'm going to say. Room, Troy had a here's room. Here's what I'm going to say to you, Abed based room? on a memory that I just remembered. Okay. I'm going to say Abed dangerous. moved into that room, and this conversation took place in Abed's room because the poster was Kick Puncher, the, the final right. kickening. Kick Puncher, the final kickening. So, and I, I'm, I'm going to assume it's not Nanny's room. No. So I'm trying um, to remember the layout, though. I'm going to say yes. kind of confusing. I'm going to say yes, Abed moved into that room, and that's where this conversation took place. What is your note about this, by the way, if not the divisive thing that's going to make us yell at each other? Oh, no. I have a, I have a note about how they get in there. Uh, Annie says, asking. let's flip a coin. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Abed says, I actually oh, had no. that note, too. I just I read it out of order. <clears throat> Annie says, oh, no. Or Abed says that'll make... <laughs> we're uh, at a half hour already, by the way. So this is, we're going this long. This is a good episode. We are going long, it's guys. good. Lots of discussion. Uh, Abed says that flipping a coin causes multiple timelines. Yes. Uh, so then Annie says rock, paper, scissors, and he says rock, paper, scissors is a nine-sided, nine-sided coin. coin. Which is terrific. Yeah. That's a great Brilliant. turn of phrase. Okay. Um, That's all I have. And you know what? This might, we might have oversold it already, because I don't know how divisive this is going to be. What? Uh, the thing we're about to talk about, what which we... is divisive. Oh, the ice cream cake. Yes. Ahmed has a line here where he uh, says, uh, you're really overselling this, you're like ice cream cake. Uh, and you, sir, stood up and applauded at this yeah. sentiment. Yeah. Uh, you don't. Why don't you like ice cream cake? I don't like ice cream cake. Why? I, just, I at birthdays. Here, okay. You like ice cream? I'll eat ice cream. But here's what's happened. Okay. Here, what just happened right now is you said you don't like ice cream. You said I you'll like eat it. Certain types. You said you'll eat it of ice cream. I like sherbets. That's not ice cream. Like idiot. orange sherbet? That's like a, uh, 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 hey, uh, <laughs> I can't think of an example. But that's here's like what, Here's uh, what I think you're, you're thinking of. You're thinking like, of sorbets. Oh, Sherberts and sorbets are different. I know they are. And yeah. neither of them are ice cream. Well, I like all of them. That's, uh, oh. And for ice creams, I like cookies and cream. I asked you if you like ice cream, and you said I like sherbet. What is wrong with you? I don't like vanilla. I don't like chocolate. This, you know what this is? This is a reverse example of like if I if I said yeah I love vegetables uh, like potatoes, French fries. That's how related they are. Now sherbet I think is a more healthy option than ice cream, but it's it's clearly not the same category, and it's bullshit. <clears throat> and I disrespect you. Here's what I'm gonna say: Every time I go to a birthday, you know how they do ice cream and cake? Yeah. I only get cake. I I don't know what to say to you right now. Only. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing about me. I don't like cake. Bizarre. Mainly what because frosting to me, I don't get it. Delicious. Why don't you just eat a spoonful of sugar if that's what you want? That's to do what ice cream life. is to me. It's like cold, absurd. cold, ugh, too much. There's a creaminess to it, hence that's, the name ice cream. It's so cold. There's nothing to. What is. I'm going to throw something at you. What you is wrong your with your dog? It didn't even hit the dog. I dog saw the abuse. Whole thing. I saw the He's whole hiding. thing. It didn't even hit the dog. This is mine now. <laughs> it's like I'm talking to an alien right now. Here's why I like ice cream cake is because it has it's the only cake that I can enjoy because it has something good in it and that good oh, thing is ice cream. That's so weird. What? Let me ask you this. Do you like cakes with like custards in them? Yes. Okay. Good. At least you're because half I like normal. custard. But again, because I like custard. <laughs> well, you know what? I can go for a good custard. And you know cake. what? Here's what I'm talking about: the age-old debate. I am firmly on the pie side of things, but let's table that. That's because you and PFT. PFT likes cake, sir. Oh, I thought he likes and, pie. And his... Because and he's all old-timey. Just to sum up... He's all old-timey over To there. reference an old Paula Tompkins bit, uh, his uh, his, uh, asser- his at- assertion? Sure. Is that a word? Yep. Is that uh, pie will never be better than cake because you cannot frost a pie. He's specifically into frosting. Mm-hmm. I like Paula Tompkins a lot. He's my favorite comedian. I've gone on record several times. I can't agree with him on this one. And here's... And... It, <sighs> I don't even know what we can get out of this. <laughs> oh, here's what I was going to ask. So you do like cookies and cream ice cream? Yeah. There's certain kinds of ice cream that I like. What about an ice cream cake that had cookies and cream ice cream in it? I think I could go for that. Here's my problem. 
like all the ice cream cakes I've ever had or ever had to like encounter in my life, mm-hmm. just vanilla or just chocolate. Well, that's here's where I don't know who's giving you ice cream cake. No, what what company out there is going to make an ice cream cake that has like a weird flavor? Baskin Robbins. Here's the thing. Maybe I'm just a spoiled spoiled in yeah, terms rich of, white kid, of yeah. dessert. I only in terms of dessert. Nobody knows this, but I'm not white. They can only <laughs> hear my voice right now. We are verging on racism right now. <laughs> Don't well, do Dan Harmon would be proud. Do not misrepresent yourself. You are absolutely white. I would argue I would even argue that you're the whiter of the two of us. You're from Canada. That's not accurate. <laughs> How are Canadians not whiter than Americans? America is a melting pot. So is Canada. No. Yes. Canada is full of Nords. Google some stats. There's a lot of Vietnamese and Vikings. People. A lot of Vietnamese people in Canada. You have a beard just like Anthony. <laughs> it's not that long. Listen. <laughs> what is happening right I, now? Okay. I here's what I'll you've say. You've had only good ice cream cakes. Yes, I've in fact in you've had fact, a cookies and cream ice cream cake. I have never had an ice cream cake that was just plain vanilla or plain chocolate. What what flavors have you had? I'm looking at mint chocolate chip. Huh. I'm looking at cookies and cream. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at coffee ice cream. You gotta go to Cold Stones for that one, and it is good shit. I'm looking at pralines and cream. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend the Baskin Robbins pralines and cream ice cream cake. By the way, it's delicious. Mm. You gotta open your world, open your world up to these different flavors, Andrew. I've just never had a good ice cream. This, cake. You know, this is a similar thing we we've talked about X Men before in oh, real boy. life, not on the podcast. But you read a couple shitty X Men comics, and now you look at me like I'm an idiot for liking X Men. And you got it. You can't only look at the bad and then make a judgment, Andrew. Well, if I look at more than a few, and they're all bad, how do I know they're bad? You've more than a few. You've read like three runs on X Men. And I've told you true. some, I've recommended some good ones for you to read. I don't know if you've read those yet. No. But I'm going to recommend that you read Wolverine and X-Men, uh, X-Men Volume 1. I'm going to recommend that you read Joss Whedon's run on Astonishing X-Men. And I'm going to recommend that you eat a Pralines and Cream ice cream cake. You know, I, I started reading Avengers Arena. Is that supposed to be good? I didn't care for it. I, but I would, this is where my, this, this is a uh, shut up, Kate Bishop. I, I just reached for a because a, a, Avengers Arena was younger Avengers and she's in the Young Avengers even though she was not in Avengers Arena. Okay, we have gone too far Sorry. <laughs> into this discussion. Uh, it, a, it's just kind of a battle royale ripoff, but they have superpowers. Yep. And B, it's like I got genuinely sad when they killed someone in the first issue. Um, it's just like I don't want to. Here's the thing: but that, is, that series this, is going to end, and it's going to be like, oh, and it was all a virtual reality unit or some bullshit. Who cares? Because it's and, arcade. And, and, and who cares? Yeah. Uh, and here's what I'll say. If I'm going to see children murder each other, go nuts like Battle Royale did, which is a movie that I like a lot. Mm-hmm. If you're just going to make it, it, it... And this is a Hunger Games. <laughs> Hunger Games? I haven't seen Hunger Games. Oh. Uh, or if you're going to make it a Avengers Arena where it's not that... it's. I mean, everyone has like superpowers and shit, but it's like not super crazy exaggerated. Then it's just sad because you're watching children kill each other. Mm-hmm. And that's not fun for No, anyone. I got to like the third or fourth issue and there's someone in the arena who doesn't even have any superpowers. You literally. Know, I didn't even get that far. I got, I, got in one, I got through one issue because it was free and I was like, eh, I've had enough. <laughs> But back on to I don't know where we're at. community. I've got my next note on here. And, and, you know, I think you said Abed's line wrong. He said uh, ice cream cake is like trying too hard. I think you said it was like over something. Overselling it? Yeah. Uh, okay. I think his point was the same either way. But uh, we're going to move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so then. Pile, pile of bullets? No. What? Uh, before have? they leave Abed's room. Oh. Uh, they do their handshake. Right. Which was first developed in season one, actually, in the season one finale. Really? Do you remember this? No. Uh, they do it's, They do it kind of in the background of a scene, mm-hmm. but it had been something they talked about on the commentary. That's why I remember it. This had been a handshake that, that uh, Danny Pudi and Allison Brie had worked out themselves mm-hmm. and tried to sneak in the show for like all of season <laughs> one and finally succeeded in the season finale. Uh, what I like about that is, is it's kind of established that, that is something that these two characters do to do this, this handshake. And I also like that now that, that Troy is gone, uh, Abed has, has has been forced <laughs> to really hone and develop another friend handshake, <laughs> uh, which he has done with Annie. Okay, that's uh, good, and it's great. Yeah. Um, also, uh, it, it makes me wonder though, uh, where did Annie get this handshake from? Was she also looking at oh, a YouTube boy. page? <laughs> no. Um, but okay, so next I have uh, my next note is about the is back to the textbooks actually. Oh, okay. You don't even want to talk about pile of bullets. 
Do they go right to pile of bullets? I think they go to the textbooks and then to pile of bullets. Um, we might hit an hour on this episode, by the way. I'm sorry. I, you know, maybe I just don't have a note for the next textbooks. What, what do you have to say? Um, well, this, uh, maybe I should have a note because this is where Chang comes in, right? No. This is where Britta oh. first shows up. Oh, geez. Yeah, no, I don't have a note. <laughs> this, you know, this podcast is now, it has, uh, I think, served as a, a document of my ongoing celebrity crush on Gillian Jacobs. And that factors in, uh, in here, where uh, we see a little, uh, what, I, what I describe in my notes as sexy, shady Britta. Where she oh, yeah, where the, she sniffs the, the textbook. She sniffs the textbook. She does that thing where she runs her fingers through her hair. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I found the, very, the whole thing very attractive. Just, <laughs> just I'm just so. going to say you got problems. What do you how, what do you mean problems? <laughs> because that's the look of someone who just did some drugs. You know what? That's the effect that and here's they're what trying I'm saying. to have. Correct. Here's what I'm saying. Gillian Jacobs makes it look good. Terrifying. We're <laughs> gonna go set down some dark paths, sir. <laughs> I'm gonna have to save you. But here's the thing. It's no I'm, wonder that you name me the CFO of this company. <laughs> here's what I'm gonna say to you. I'm not into people who look like they've just done drugs, mm-hmm. no matter who they are. I'm into Gillian Jacobs, no matter what she's doing, is the point here. Okay. And I don't think that's a dark path at all. Um, I think it can be. <laughs> uh, pile of bullets. Sure. Um, my only note here is Vince Gilligan, exclamation mark, because <laughs> I think he's really great as the, uh, yeah, the pile of bullets perfect. Uh, VHS. Have you ever played a VHS guy. game? No. A VCR game? I did not. I. I said that weird. Mm-hmm. I did not know these existed until this episode. You know, I mean, I guess I knew about like seen it, which is the the DVD equivalent. Yeah, the D- I've played a DVD game. I've played seen it, um, but VCR. I'm trying to think if I ever did play a VCR game. I, I feel like that would be a lot trickier than a DVD one. Oh, it is. Yeah, I've have vague. I I I can't remember which one I'm thinking of, but I knew one existed, and I might have owned it, but I don't know if I ever played it. Because as much as you know, I'm I'm kind of an only child, so. <laughs> It becomes a problem of playing games with. Wait a minute, people. you're not. What do you mean, kind of an only child? My sisters were much older. Oh, okay, I didn't. By the time I was uh, growing, they were out. Okay. In the world. So you're uh, you're some kind of you're the daywalker of only children. <laughs> if that's that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense to me. I'm 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 like the baby. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's. Gotta uh, love you. Huh? Gotta love you. Yeah. You're the baby. <laughs> dinosaurs okay but yeah i you know i i feel like this is such a a weird and specific thing and they touch on this on the tag yeah about how silly the whole uh vhs technology game system thing is yeah uh but yeah i've i've played we've so we've both played dvd versions of this kind of technology correct the vcrs see it's funny because they put it the vcr they put the vhs into the vcr Mm-hmm. And then they just let it play. They don't ever actually fast forward or rewind or skip. That would have to. That would be the gameplay mechanic. Yeah. Like skip ahead thirty seconds. Like I don't know. But at one point he does say skip to the red point to collect your gold. Yeah, but they just let it play. No, I think there was a. I think there was a. I think that was meant to be to show the passage of time, in the uh, in the episode. Because mm-hmm. here's what happened. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna provide some analysis for you. Sure. Um. So they, 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 there's a thing where uh, Abed and Annie are competing in the game, and Abed clearly wins. Abed smiles, mm-hmm. and it, like he's just won that like round. And then uh, Vince Gilligan says, you know, skip to the red point to collect your gold. So that should be Abed collecting his gold. Mm-hmm. But then there's that kind of that jump where it, it jumps to a different point in the video. A, he's not talking about collecting gold, and B, Abed looks disappointed. That's clearly they have just ended the game there. Oh, okay. So to, I think that was just a jump forward in the in the time in the in the the time of the episode. Mm-hmm. I think it's also interesting. Um, is is how quickly does this end? When they start, do they go back to the to the, the textbook story go... and then come back and then it it ends? Uh, what? Because I was just gonna remark on on um, they they either end up like in a tie or something because they have to play again. Remember? I think they they got to a point where they they or. I think throughout the game, new rules were being introduced, and I think the same thing that happened before happened again, which is they could no longer keep up with the rules and had to start over. Okay. That's what I think happened. Um, What is my next note? Okay, so then my next note is with Chang in Mm -hmm. the room. Okay. You know what? Maybe Chang did show up the first time with Britta, 
But then he this because this my notice here about the them making the video with Chang. Yeah, you know what? He, yeah, he made he showed up right at the end of the Britta thing because yeah. Britta in Britta's thing she says it but smells like they, weed, but not my weed. And then at the end of that, Chang walks in carrying a bong, yeah, singing about legalize it. Yes, and then so that way we know that that's his weed that yes. she's smelling. Yes, and then in the next scene of them, they're videotaping Chang to frame him. Yes, for the text. I also just a quick note about that. I like that Britta knows the multiple different weed spots on campus. Oh, sure. <laughs> which is great. Great little note. Um, so then they're making the video, and I want to talk about the way Chang kisses the textbook. <laughs> I want to get into that. <laughs> uh, what I like about this is there is a there is a realism to it. Like, he doesn't... It's not like a joke kiss where he really puckers his lip. He's really getting into the act of it, and then it's kind of it's kind of off-center. Like, he kind of, like, more than half of his lips kind of go over yeah, the textbook. he's got lip on top of textbook. And it's, like, it's like sloppy in and, and a little in kind of way, kind of gross. And uh, what I like about that, and really this is the overall joke of this scene, is that once they tell Chang to act convincingly, he does a really good job of acting convincingly. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, he just stole these textbooks because he loves textbooks and wants to come to that room to kiss them. <clears throat> Um, so well done on uh, Ken Jung's part. Yeah, uh, I have a note here about Jeff says that this has become too evil for him. Yes. So that specifically, framing Chang for stealing the textbooks is too evil. Yeah. For Jeff. Yeah. What do you think of that? I get that. I think uh, he had been kind of stewing the, this whole, this thing this whole day. Uh, he had already kind of been uneasy about, uh, he felt like they were screwing over Britta. He wanted to just go along with it. And I think it all, it all just built to a head where he said, yeah, I, I got to walk away. Mm-hmm. I'd also like to address, uh, something, uh, uh, so this would be the second time in community history where they have tied someone up with rope. Um, you, you're talking about gas leak your status? Yes. Okay. Which, uh, this is, uh, I'm predicting some, uh, some criticism for, for season four apologists out there, which I don't, <laughs> I don't know if any of them, was, I don't know, if, I don't know if any of them listen to this podcast. Probably not. Uh, but, uh, you might be saying to yourself, Hey, dickheads, you complained when they tied someone up in season four and now you got no problem with it. What's up with that? And here's what I'll say to that. This was a very different situation, and that everyone that gets tied up in this episode is someone that they could reasonably trust not to call the police and sue them afterwards. Yeah. That was absolutely not the case with Malcolm McDowell. Chang Chang says he's on parole. Yeah. So he can't risk getting involved yeah. with this. And then uh well, everyone yeah. else each, it's each a mixture of them next, yeah. A being involved with the dirty deed and uh-huh. B uh, I think trusting them. Like I think at the end of the day surely knows that Jeff is not gonna call the police on her. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that is why it works here, and it, is, it did not work at all in season four. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. I have. I'm back. I am back to uh, piles of bullets. Yeah, this is where my dreamatorium couch covering and pillows note comes from because okay. this is where it's very visible. Okay. In this point. Um, and then I have. I have a. Do you want to say your note first, and I'll say mine. Yeah, I'll say yeah, mine go, first. Go. Uh, so Rachel and Anthony, they both they want to go home. They're <laughs> sick of this. They've been playing too long, and. Um, when Rachel sees how obsessed uh, Abed's been is getting with this game, she says, um, "I I think you're having one of your special times right now." <laughs> and and again to talk about season four, <laughs> talk about the ghastly year. Yeah, here's I, I think again where the show is so much better now, and that in season four Rachel was just kind of like another like oh she's a girl Abed and that's why they get along. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas this I really like here that they they've made it clear that she is not just a girl Abed. No. She is in fact someone who recognizes that he has special times mm-hmm. and 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 needs to and needs to him to adjust to that. Um, which uh, I, I really really like that that now uh, they, they've they've made Rachel an actual real character. Uh, and I'm I'm really glad to see that happening because I like Brie Larson. I'm glad that she's a part of the show, and uh, I'm glad that they they she actually has something to do now in terms of the character. Mm-hmm. So good on you, season five. Uh, so kind of on that <laughs> on that same idea. Uh, oddly enough, in this scene, there's a point where uh, like the camera looks at Anthony and the camera looks at Rachel. Yeah, and it almost seems like they're giving each other a look. And dear God, if I wasn't worried that they were somehow going to pair them up and send them away so yeah, that they, they would write them off the show. And I was like, oh, sweet. Like, <laughs> I was I was nervous because I, I, I was like, I trust in you, Dan Harmon. What are you doing right now? Don't do this to I me. I feel like obviously you don't trust him enough. I feel like you and I need to arrange the trust fall of Dan Harmon. And I believe that I'll be the one who falls back in full trust. Here's what I'm going to say. 
Because the whole time, I, I, I can see why you would think that, but I, I, I never thought they would actually do that. But here's, here's how I'm going to put it to you to make it make sense in my brain for mm-hmm. you. Rachel's a product of season four. Yeah. Do I need to say more? <laughs> can you see how season four is no, treated? Here, but yeah, but here's the, here's in the first episode they wrapped up as much of season four as they could just to get it out of the way. And, and here's, so Rachel was one more loose end. But here's where my trust of Dan Harmon comes in, <laughs> in that he he's not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. He's not going to he's not going to throw away the potential good that could spring from season four. Yeah, and that is Rachel. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that that turned out that way. Yeah. Uh, just, it worried me so much. <laughs> because also throughout the episode, they were kind of setting up where uh, Rachel and Annie are very similar and Abed, like it was, it, it's not true at all. Yeah. Like it was all face value. Abed is like, oh, Annie and Rachel both care about teeth. Yeah. And uh, Abed and Anthony both played with a time machine. Yeah. Like that was the the weird joke, but I was like, oh God, is this going to build into something? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad it didn't turn that way. Uh, it did not, and 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 thank God for that. Um, okay, so uh, my next note is about is once again about the textbook storyline. Uh-huh. Um, so just to, at the end of the last scene, uh, Jeff had second thoughts, and then it, it ended with uh, Hickey and Britta also being tied up along with Jeff and Chang. Because um, yes. my next note is after this. Well, because surely the, the Hickey right. and Britta are not tied up. Jeff is just tied up. Jeff gets added to the... Chang is tied oh, up. I'm trying to figure out what my note is about. <laughs> okay, well, Chang gets tied up. Then Jeff gets tied up because he tries to leave. Yeah. And then they're tied... Now that I think about it, I think my note is actually before that. Well, Jeff is trying to say, like, oh... Yes, because my note is about that part. You guy, you're, She's going to screw you over. He's Britta's trying to sow distrust. Over. Yeah. And my note here is that um, Britta knows a guy who deals in black market textbooks, <laughs> which I love that she, even in, in, in extremely esoteric, shady businesses... Britta still is kind of still has a foot in that world, mm-hmm. which uh, which I really liked. Yeah. Um, okay, and now we're back again to Annie and Abed. Well, no, I have For a note me. about that. Okay, go ahead. So Hickey and Britta get tied up after. So there's a moment where Britta says, "Let's all talk about this." Yeah, and then it jump cut, cut to cuts to yeah. Hickey and Britta are tied up, and Shirley's standing there. Yes. How did Shirley overpower the both of them and tie them up? I don't think she overpowered the both of them at once. I think uh, I think. Let's think this through. Uh, yeah. Obviously, she ties up Hickey first. Yes. But here's what I'm going to say about that. How does she trick Britta into tying herself up? You oh, I think Shirley can easily overpower Britta and tie her up. Well, no, I think it's more of a trickery. I don't think it was trickery. I think, I think... I think maybe Britta said, oh, I'll sit here and wear these robes to make you feel better, and then mm, Shirley... No, I think Shirley channeled that part of herself that put Natasha Leggero's head through a jukebox. Oh, boy. And, uh, and, and that came out, and, and she tied up Britta. Okay. I'm gonna say even that channeling that part of her, she she might have uh, the edge over Hickey uh, in a one-on-one fight. That's true. He's an older man. Yeah. Okay. Um. So then I just want to talk about uh, we see uh, Anthony's leaving. Mm-hmm. He he's had enough of this bullshit. He's getting out of there. And we see uh, I just I we talked about this before. Uh, Annie has a large collection of uh, different pattern scissors, mm-hmm. which I like that. That's just uh, set dressing in the scene. Like, of course, Annie has it looks like ten to fifteen scissors in one scrapbooking scissors. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nice little note about Annie. And then, do you have any notes about that scene? Because my next one is about Abed and Rachel. Oh yes, um, Anthony mentions that. Uh, so the Annie and Anthony have a discussion about her going to rehab, and her mother didn't support her, and she yeah. felt like. He sided with her mother. Yeah. And then as he's leaving, he mentions how, oh, no, I was talking about your trouble with this black guy who moved out. And all these photos, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he says, and screw you, I was 13 when you went to rehab, which yeah. means timeline-wise, yes. he's he's 18 or 19 now. Uh, because uh, Annie yeah. came went straight from high school to Greendale. Yes. Hypothetically. Yes. And But do, how, do we know when she went into rehab? Well, I I mean, look, we don't want to talk Actually, about season we do. four. No, we do. This is even before season four. They okay. mentioned it. There was a there was a reference in one of the previous seasons how she spent her last year of high school at a different high school. Okay. So that would mean that she 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 went into rehab at the tail end of her junior year. Mm-hmm. So she would have been what sixteen or seventeen. Yeah. Depending on her birthday. Yeah. Which would which would make him then. Uh, well, that's what I'm saying. I think there's a... Well, he was 13, so he's either he's three to four years younger than her. Yeah. And she's my age, mm-hmm. because she graduated high school in 09. Okay. Which I also did. 
you're you're working on this. So three to four years younger than me. I'm 22 right now. Uh-huh. Three to four years younger than me like would be 18 said. or 19. Correct. Yeah. We got it. We figured it out. Well, I had that a long time ago. But you know what? I did the math and made sure it was right. Okay. This if this if this was a math class, you would you you didn't show your work. You just wrote an answer, and that wouldn't have been counted in my math class, bucko. Are you the teacher and the student? Is that what just happened? <laughs> yes. Okay. Anyway, I think that's interesting. Yeah. Interesting note. Yeah. Uh, what you got the you got you got a note on Abed. Uh, I just like that uh, Pavel, who mm-hmm. was uh, his, Abed's dorm mate in season one. Uh, I like that they have stuck together, even though they don't live together anymore. They're still friends, obviously, because Pavel is the one who holds the um, the. Uh, Water, water squirters, water fall, water, water, water make fallers, right? right. <laughs> you need to, you need to play some more Animal Crossing. It's a watering can. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I just like the, I like that him and Pavel stuck together. That really that makes me happy. Um, can I just say officially, I want his shirt. If anyone can find that orange shirt, shirt that I bet's wearing, an orange shirt with a lion standing on two legs wearing sunglasses. As we talked about, I'm really straight for orange. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, fantastic. I, I also, I was, uh, I was very moved by this, this, uh, this whole scene. Yeah, I gotta a be fun honest. Moment. Fun and, uh, a little, little tear in my eye. Oh boy. This was a nice moment of Abed, uh, uh, you know, realizing, uh, what it's, what it's, what it's like to be in a relationship. Well, and I do love specifically, um, so the, the, he starts with the water on him and then, uh, he he says, "Oh, open your locker," and he knocks on it like it's a door. Yeah, she opens it. Very nice. And then she says, "This is really adorable." And he says, "I don't care how adorable it is; it doesn't make it not important or whatever." Like that's like a classic. Yeah. No matter what the girl says, like you have to like d- defy it and then like turn it around. Yeah, and here it, it, and it also makes sense because she was kind of like it seemed like she was saying this is adorable, but like she was starting to brush him off. Mm-hmm. So it works in the scene, and it works as part of Abed's living out living out the reference. Mm-hmm. Great writing all around. Yeah. Um, then a guy slips on the puddle, which is good. Uh, I always like to see stunt work on community. Uh, Too bad it it's not Pierce. Remind me, tear. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of the uh, the season one episode of Professor Whitman when they're all standing on their desks. Oh yeah, and, uh, good. <laughs> the woman fell, which uh, I always because th- these are two instances where it like I was legitimately concerned for a person because <laughs> that fall looks real rough <laughs> uh, yep. in both then and now the one the on the the slick floor as well. Um, I think even Pavel thought it was a stunt man. Yeah, <laughs> he was even like good good yeah. job, Abed. <laughs> Uh, good stuff. And Abed, uncaring. <laughs> she says, you hired a stuntman. I did not. No, I did not, is what Abed says. But no, no, con- zero concern in his voice for the, the fall that he has just caused. <laughs> um, my next note is Paul Williams, exclamation point. Yeah. Uh, here's what I like about the casting of Paul Williams here. Paul Williams is one of those people, he's kind of, uh, iconoclastic is the word I would use. He's got a very unique look. You could, uh, you could... Uh, immediately be able to spot him out of a crowd, mm-hmm. which I think really works for this character. Well, like, of course, he's he'd be hard to see in a crowd. He's got to look like a well because he's short. <laughs> he's got to look like a <laughs> he's got to look like a weirdo because you know, only a weirdo would deal in black market textbooks. Yeah, um, and I will say this: speaking of his shortness, he is he is uh, I think uh, someone who is even without a sense of scale, he looks short. Yes, and, I don't, and I'm sorry to say that to Paul Williams, but as he was walking down the hall, I was like, "Oh, even without anything to give me scale, he still looks short." And the reason this is on my mind is because you know Deep Roy, who's the the actor. Yes, I saw a picture of him with no scale, and he looks like a, he looks like he could be my height. Like he mm. looks like a like he could be six foot. But he, is he officially a little person? I just know he played the Oompa Loompas in the no idea. Charlie and Stark. Not going to gonna make an official statement on that. Okay, maybe maybe much like Danny DeVito, he is a legal midget in thirty two states. That's a reference to something that Tony Clifton has said in live appearances. <laughs> Shout out to Tony Clifton and Annie Kaufman. And maybe I do love um, as Paul Williams walks down the hallway, he mumbles <laughs> to himself. He's like, ah, oh, the students—they open up the textbooks, turn the page, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Can't there's no page to do. Ah, oh, waste of my, my time. time. Yeah, Paul, uh, Paul Williams is a treasure. Watch Smoking the Bandit again, just to, to soak up him as Little Enos in that movie, because it's really no, good. <laughs> He's Little Enos. That's, here's the thing. Here, you know what? We're going to take a Smoking the Bandit aside. I'm sorry. We've gone, you know what? We've gone long enough. I don't that have enough smoky knowledge. If you're on the ride for this. Uh, and to talk about before, 
we talked about how I wish there was a non-sexual Mr. Skin that just showed you only the good parts of movies. Sure, yeah. And we here's were, Robin Hood was on. You wanted to see the Alan Rickman part. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and here's the thing. Smoking a Man, I think, is an amazing film. I think the whole thing is great. But I think Paul Williams is so delightful and good in that movie, it would even qualify. That even though the whole movie is good, I can understand why someone would just want to see Paul Williams' parts in it. Because he's, he's a small part in the movie, no pun intended. And uh, But he's also, he steals the scene. He's really good in the thing. As Little Enos. Uh, check that out. And I have uh, one more note. Yeah, I'm done with notes. Um, so the last note is they're, um, they're in the study room. They're kind of, you know, they're having the moment of saying, you know, what they learned for the day and everything. And um, after uh, Jeff and, them, and that uh, group describes their night, um, Abba describes his night by just saying, we played piles of bullets. Which I I, I I note for that, that's a very specific Abed voice that he uses. Anytime he's sort of unhappy with the situation, he uses that very specific voice. It's the exact same cadence he used um, in uh, Remedial Chaos Theory when he says, Shirley got here at three. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I, I, I like that that's become a, <laughs> a recurring thing for Abed. It's his, uh, his annoyed voice. Um, and then I don't have any notes about it, but uh, you want to talk about the tag? Uh, yeah, we flash back to 1993. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vince Gilligan is just getting off the phone. He's up for a role in a certain VCR game. Yes. And his wife really wants him to do it. His wife, who is an actor that we both recognize but aren't sure who she is. She's like a TV actress. I think she is, but her name, she's not listed on IMDb yet, and also uh, she wasn't listed as a guest star on the credits. Yeah. So we may never know. No, we'll find out. It'll be on the internet soon enough. Uh, so his wife but maybe, you know, just goes overboard, says yeah. that this is the the peak of your existence. You need to get this job yeah. for this game. Who cares about, what are you working for? Apple computers. What a load of baloney. <laughs> Drop that. Get out of here. We're moving to what LA. Kind of, what kind We're, of company offers stock options as a Christmas <laughs> present? <laughs> We're going to move to L.A. You know what? Let's get some cocaine. We're going to start. We're going to make cocaine money. Yeah. Let's do this. Um, I think that's going to be... Uh, which I also like uh, re-watching um, the... Because uh, the, we, we watched the episode twice, once for fun and once to take notes and, mm-hmm. and, and, and do our do our job to yep. make this a good podcast. And um, watching it a, a second time, it, it gave it a kind of sense of tragedy watching <laughs> watching those uh, VCR clips because you know what happened to that guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that was that was good stuff. Uh, so yeah, so uh, next week though, it's that big D and D episode. Oh yeah, it is. It's gonna be a biggie. Um, I, I am excited. For anyone who listens to this and is a member of the CFL, uh, you can pick some guest stars. There's quite a few in this episode. Yeah, do it. There's Spencer. Mm-hmm. There's Paul Williams. Yeah. There's uh, Mr. Vince Gilligan. Yup. Vince Gilligan's wife. She makes quite a few pop culture references, guys. Yeah, she does. I mean, if you want to do the tally and see for yourself if it's worth it, do it. Tell us. Let us know before next week. Uh, and, you know, listen to the CFL. Have we... We've cracked an hour, by the way. Um, <laughs> we yeah, have I'm sorry. Passed an I am hour. going to apologize to put your hands together for <laughs> us going over long. Podcast references. That's just for a little espy. Uh Why are you excluding the other Douglas Movies fans? I just, you know. I don't care. I that. had a specific conversation with Lil Espy about put your hands together. Okay, we don't need to talk about this. Um, have we ever gone on over an hour before? Do you know? I think so. I'm going to check. I think in our early days we were real overzealous. But no. this was such a this was this was an episode that needs it. This this episode needed some uh some extra some extra juice. All right, let's, um, let's We have plugs. not ever gone over an hour before. This is our first hour plus episode. But it's a good it's a goodie. Yeah plugs uh i do another podcast called nerds eye view it's at uh, nabpodcast.com uh it's a it's a, you know a little weekly show where uh myself matt uh, esposito jordan scott sometimes thomas willett and sometimes matt benson over there yep. uh, we gather together talk about movies and television uh we always review a new movie uh if you are listening to this currently the most recent episode of nerds eye view we talk about um the lego movie right that sounds right. It, like everything, was awesome. Uh, and then the it's next my little, episode... My little quip. You can put that on the poster, guys. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to talk about Grand Budapest Hotel. 
nice. Big, big good time job deal. NEVpodcast.com or BenviewNetwork.com slash NEV. Yeah, go to BenviewNetwork.com. Check out all the shows there. I'm on some of them. The ones that I'm on are Benson's Boombox, Popsicles, and Matt and Brendo's Wrestling Show. They are respectively sketch comedy, pop culture discussion, and wrestling talk. Uh, You can check those out there. Check out uh, uh, this weekend. I'm going to be on Nightwing Loves Power Girl, which was recently uh, added to the Benview Network. That's a comic book show, so be sure to check that out. Um, you can follow uh, me on Twitter. I'm at Dr. Matt Benson. You can follow the show on Twitter. That's at ShutUpLenPod. Tweet us if you know who Vince Gilligan's wife was. I'd, I'd want to know, and that seems faster than just waiting till tomorrow if you hear this tonight, which you probably won't, so never mind. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, and uh, write us. You can email us if you've got any questions or concerns at shutuplenderpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, you should do stuff to us on iTunes like rate us and review us and subscribe to us. If you do uh, one of the things that means we see your name, we'll mention you on the show. So do that. And you show up for us on Podcast Land. Podcastland.com. Search for Shut Up Leonard or click the link in the description. You put in your email, you click uh, vote, you get a confirmation thing, you click on that. That's just to make sure you're a real person, yeah, not a robot, uh, so that way we can get your real votes and become the podcast of the month. And just do it so Andrew will shut up about it. I mean, it's not that hard. <laughs> and if you like the show, you want us to get seen by more people, That's you want true. community to get more seasons. That is true. Six seasons in a movie. Yeah. This is all helping. And, it, you know, it does help because... Uh, let let it be known that after I uh, resigned from the Community Fantasy League in protest, they did bring Dan Harmon back. Shut Which, up, Leonard. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.